Welcome back. To these fatal things that you left about. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Is it the pie plate on the window song? It's a pie. a plate of homey wishes. Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one podcast about heart-to-heart ever, <laughs> ever. In the history of the universe. I am your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm Elanito, your devoted lover. And I'm the expectant virgin, Joe Garber. we <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> first a collective sigh. And election night, 2020. I know we're, we're recording this on election night. So yeah. few, we're coming to you from the past. It's 7:41 PM right now. Uh, and we have no idea what's going, what's going to happen, but mm. um, that's not what we're talking about tonight. Nope. We are talking about sixth sense. We're heading real close to the end of season one of heart to heart, which is Scary. both exciting and a little sad. Like I, I love the scrappiness of this first season and it's got its highs and it's got its lows. And, uh, let's talk about where this one falls, but we start with our minute maxes mm-hmm. and tonight Joe has the honor. Okay. I'm going to just dive in. Wait, let me get a timer going. What's the title again? Sixth sense. Sixth <laughs> sense. Bye. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to figure out how my timer works okay. while Joe was talking. Okay. All right, here we <clears throat> go. Sixth Sense. Okay, we start off, there's a stranger getting his tarot cards read, and he's told that there is a young woman who's going to get in his way. And I'm thinking, that's probably going to be Jennifer. But it's not. It's this other girl who's getting, she's at ChemoCal the heart industry science labs, and she's getting some sort of test done to test her um, knowledge of what's the word ESP. Uh, so, and then she starts getting strangled out of nowhere. Nobody's strangling her, but she's acting like she's being strangled. Um, maybe for attention, but maybe just <laughs> also because she's really getting strangled. She's having visions of being strangled. Turns out it was her twin sister who was being strangled the whole time. Uh, they track down the killers and they find out that it was her brother who killed her twin sister to get the inheritance of their rich grandfather who had no idea anything about it. Anyway, there's some fabulous interiors. There's some great outfits. Jonathan and Jennifer, Jennifer dresses up like a psychic. Jonathan dresses up as a private investigator and then they crack the case and they find the guy and he goes to jail. The end. (laughs) Well done. Really? I mean, you, you hit the major points. Okay. Yeah. The plot is explained. I, maybe you could tell by my intonation that I thought I was way off. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, I beg you, do your own Minute Maxes and send them to us. <laughs> Please. In fact, if one of you can can do one for this show right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and text it to me, that would be awesome. Yeah. Do it Thank and do you. it do it in Ellen's voice. Yeah. <laughs> do a deep fake of Ellen's just, voice. <laughs> yeah. Just, just uh 
Get like a 13-year-old boy going through the change. <laughs> Hi, this is Alan. <laughs> oh, geez, this episode was great. This, this is great. <laughs> Jennifer dresses up as a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the end. America 2020. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes as if I am having a psychic moment. Yes. All right. The sixth sense. So there's a guy in a velvet jacket and a big ascot getting his cards read, but he's not happy with the card reader. And it's a little lady with really thick glasses. And she's like, oh, you're in trouble. And then death card. And everybody goes, oh. And then we go to Chemical and we're in the psychic lab where there's a young woman named Sarah who's doing a classic ESP test. And then Jennifer and Jonathan and Dr. Selman are like, oh my God, Sarah, she's so amazing. She totally nails it. She does it all these different ways. Blah, blah. Then all of a sudden Sarah is like, ah, ah, acting like she's being choked by an invisible phantom and she throws herself against the wall and on the floor and everything. And then everybody finally decides they should go in there and help her. <laughs> and so then Dr. Salmon says, Oh, like it could be that she's like, John is like, what's happening. She's like, it could be that she, uh, it could be nothing. It could be that she's saying something that is going to happen or it could be that she's saying something that already happened. It's like, well, no shit, dude, you just described all the things. So then they call the cops and then they go to uh, her sister's apartment wait i missed something okay her sister twin sister gets murdered and then um they go to her apartment and then a guy gets hit by a truck oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was like a what a third into the, the episode i say it's the worst every time sorry okay. I, I really like the beginning and the end of this episode so Same. i got really Me hung too. up in the beginning Same. don't don't uh, make my mistake eric not that you ever do <laughs> okay here we go Creepy dude is getting his cards read. A uh, woman says, look both ways. And uh, some battle <laughs> young woman. Uh, then Chemical has a psychic laboratory, which makes no sense. She's having the Ghostbusters uh, ESP test done to her. And then she has an Eyes of Laura Mars freak out and she's being choked. Um, then uh, the same girl in the most amazing uh, lavender shiny jeans uh, gets picked up by the creepy guy that was getting his cards read and he strangles her. Uh, then Sarah, the psychic girl, uh, calls the hearts and they pick her up and they go to her sister's apartment and she they just sit there for hours, perfectly still, <laughs> until it's dark. And then a private detective in, the, in a clown outfit shows up and they chase him out of the apartment and then he gets hit by a truck and it's really fucking funny. But all that is because uh, they want to. They want uh, Jonathan to be Philip Marlowe for a minute. Well, that's the end of the episode. I, yeah, this no. This one's fucking hard. This is a difficult one. It is a very. Uh, you know, let's start talking. This is convoluted. this episode is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bananas. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I didn't even try to get in under a minute. It's I just confusing. Gave in. I just gave in. What What was the tarot reading? What What why? It's just it's just to establish that Sanford Sanford Whitley Whitley yes, yes. Sanford Whitley um, that he is a follower of of the occult or he's a, he's a seeker right okay because he has to be a believer in order for them to catch him to trick in him. the manner which they do at the end mm-hmm. yeah. which is okay so that's <laughs> the funny thing about the episode is that the psychic phenomena of it is so secondary to the plot. Like it has nothing, 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 nothing to do with the plot. This is a simple guy is trying to kill the heir to an inheritance. 
Yeah, it's greed. But uh, th- this guy's trying to find the heir to his inheritance to murder her so that he gets all the money and he can stay in the church that he lives in. The whole thing that he is a believer, he lives lives in the sister of the immaculate heart. Is that what that interior was? Yeah. That was in with that windy staircase. It's a church. Beautiful Gothic doorways. That was beautiful. Beautiful location. That was so, so good. The interiors of chemical were amazing too. Ooh, chemical was cool. They did a really good job. That white room that they were in when she was getting the ESP test. And then they bring her into this weird wood birch type room. Yeah. Like a weird interrogation. Yeah. It was cool. (laughs) I love psychic shit. I, we've talked about this before. Everyone knows this already. I'm not really a believer, but I am mm. not a non-believer necessarily. I think I'm, I'm what you would call a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that shit. It's some of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite like tropes and uh, devices in mysteries and horror and thrillers and blah, blah, blah. The plot is very simple, but throwing in this psychic element confuses the plot but it also makes it very, very mm. fun. Um, this was written by the people that wrote Night Horrors and Downhill to Death. That I know uh, <laughs> because I just looked it up. <laughs> okay. And okay. So, okay. <laughs> so this is the, well, no, this, this makes me this makes me think that these writers are genre fans and they're or just studiers of genre, and they. <laughs> They're exploring all of this stuff. Like they're they're using heart to heart as a kind of playground for for this. And this episode explores arguably three genres. Like there's there's <laughs> the <true. laughs> there's the the psychic occult angle. There's the hard boiled private investigator, mm-hmm. and then there's the basic noir murder plot. Yeah, the, yeah. The private investigators added the noir touch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Teresi, he's he was in Chinatown. That actor. Yeah, he was. We got mm-hmm. Jonathan's impression of a PI for the oh, whole episode. That was oh. the low point oh, for me. I really? Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I found it adorable. Well, you know me, like for me, like the that kind of stuff. I'm just like, why can't it just be scary? Why yeah. can't it just be serious? Why can't it just be murdery? And it's like, oh. I just kept that's thinking probably you're, a different show. He's mm-hmm. like he's doing it too hammy. Like no one's gonna believe you. I know he's yeah, he's doing the classic. He's hamming it up. The the matchstick in his mouth and like mm. even the hat was goofy. I did like that uh Jennifer brutal. made fun of his outfit. <laughs> and he says, I got it at the thrift store. <laughs> she says, I hope you sprayed it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Classist Jennifer. Um, no. <laughs> wise. I think <laughs> she is a wise woman. <laughs> she don't want no damn uh... scabies. <laughs> I think that Sanford Whitley, I mean, he's he's on a knife's edge already. I think we know that because he is actively trying to uh, deceive his grandfather, eliminate um, his half-sister, mm-hmm. and he's going to the tarot card lady. I mean, what does he think she's going to say? She's pretty much just spreading the cards out and the cards just spell out, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I think he is kind of like in a, I'm not a psychic, but I can look at his face and tell you what I think he is feeling. Mm-hmm. And he is feeling freaked out. And yeah. like any second, 
something bad's going to happen to him. As well, he should feel that way because any second now, something bad is going to happen to him mm -hmm. uh, because he's bad. Yeah. But he just looks so nervous and, and freaked out the whole time that it's like, Sanford, my God, like, I know you mm -hmm. don't have to work because you are clearly from a family that's based on the Hearst family. Your grandfather's in that kind of shitty looking wheelchair and you live in a convent, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. it just feels like Sanford. I don't know. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that I have compassion for him, but it just maybe maybe it's just a very good performance, a realistic performance. Mm. Um, Sanford is just he's not very good at this. I mean, no. Yeah. He's well, a he's soft a, hands. Yeah. He's a yes. soft hands. I, I just I kept waiting for the psychic element to matter <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it didn't like the psychic element didn't matter uh, because what they present to us in the beginning of the episode is theoretically a true psychic yeah or someone who possesses true in intuitive like true esp yeah. uh, and, and they never question that ever like nope. they basically just say like this is real yeah um yeah. We're doing it to stay ahead of the curve because of OPEC or something. Oh, yes. And they're, I, I they're just it. like, this is real. Like, they <laughs> just are so into it. And I love that where it's like, yes, Chemical. Um, I can't believe we haven't mentioned the psychic lab <laughs> earlier. The psychic wing. Yeah. What a great. <laughs> so I, cool. I, I, that I is cool. It. That, it really reminds me of, there. I mean, in the 70s, there was a psychic mind power psychology kind of fixation right there all those books do you know those books with the really cool illustrated covers that's what this reminded me of the, the mysteries mm -hmm. of the unknown um, the time life i think so they're like white and they have a border <laughs> they're very specific yeah. psychology books and they all have really cool borders mm -hmm. that's what that reminded me of and i really love that and I, I love that whole vibe but i wonder where that comes from do you guys have any idea the american obsession with the occult happens every 30 years every 30 40 years Give or take. Um, I'm sure that there's there's probably really wonderful studies done about like what's happening why? in society and why, like, was it post-depression? Well, was it pre-depression? Mm. Was it, you know, it's, any of these things post-war, pre-war? For, for America, it's post-war. And I think it really takes off in, you know, our, our more modern sense following the Civil War, which is when everyone experiences you know, a loss on, on the scale that they have hadn't experienced before. And mm -hmm. um, everyone's confronted with death, whether yeah. they want to be or not. It's just massive and <laughs> just like 2020 the <laughs> movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also the tarot reader pulls the card death, which is, I have friends who are very into tarot and mm -hmm. that is not necessarily a bad card. No, it's, it's, a, it's actually a good, it's a card. good, it's, it's kind a, of a rebirth. Yeah, it means change. Change, yeah, which is funny because, I mean, it looks bad, but they in every movie and TV show, there's always the like, do doom and like zoom up on the death card, but that is not a bad card, so. Technically, there are no bad cards in tarot. I mean, there's... he got arrested, so I guess he's going to be in jail from now on, so that's a rebirth, I guess. You want to look at the bright side of what his situation. Well, I think he's probably not going to be rich anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to get that inheritance. It's he's a murderer. The murder death of his bank account. Not an only child. Okay, the the thing I'm confused about: she didn't seem to know she had a twin sister, right? She didn't know she was no. part of this family at no. all. Did no. the sister who got murdered was part of the family, or no? Do oh, no, no. So that's that's where this that's where I have a flaw in the the logic of the plot 
he was pro like proactively <laughs> eliminating his competition without their like without them presenting a threat. Well, the grandfather had clearly oh, in my was, mind anyway, he had asked he wanted right. to find you know, he's he's older and he wanted to apologize. Uh he wanted to atone to his granddaughters because he says when they finally meet in the park yeah, that yeah. it was his fault that he pressured his daughter to give away her, her children, twin babies. her twins. And so the twins are adopted separately oh, Okay, uh, by two different families. Did he give and a it's, reason it's, for that? Because they're obviously well off. They own a castle in LA. So I mean, they, I'm well, guessing that, it's just not what the family does. I, yeah. That's I just think, not daughters. unsuitable partner. Or maybe uh, she young, was unmarried. She may have been, been sixteen. She may have been Laura like Gilmore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it's we've yeah. se- we've seen a lot of examples of this. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But and so, if you if you've seen that documentary, Three Identical Strangers. Oh uh, my God! Yeah, which is phenomenal and super depressing. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the adoption of of twins, or in some cases, triplets, to separate families is was very common and probably still is and they have no uh there was no requirement for them to inform the families that this is a twin or this is a triplet okay but when you consider the history of adoption and even how it happens now more often than not it's about uh privacy right and it's it's not about the rights of that child Mm -hmm. right I don't know. I I wonder how I would react if I suddenly found out that I had a twin. Yeah. That would be very like I would feel I I have no <laughs> idea how I'd feel. I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. like I have no I have no context for that. For it, would, that. it would be really cool, I think. But I I think I would be very disturbed. <laughs> if you woke up if in the middle of the an night. An identical you, twin? You felt like you were being strangled. <laughs> well, here's <laughs> let me ask this. The room. Is my identical twin thinner than me? Yeah, I had because the same then I'm thought. pissed. I'm fucking I had the same thought. Furious. I was like, I can't believe how thin Eric's identical twin is. <laughs> he looks great. Wow, <laughs> interesting. Gosh, I feel like the twins that I know, they're very open about talking about phenomena that they experience because they are twins. Yeah, you know, like speaking their own, like in, in code, you know, having their own language or not having to speak, but knowing exactly what the other person's going to do. Like, I feel like every single set of twins that I have ever known has expressed those same things, which I mm. think is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in itself is unexplained yeah. psychic phenomenon, right? That is so the fact phenomenon. that they, I mean, of course, her being a twin, right? It's Sarah and Maggie, them being twins, of course, is is a plot device, but it also, in a another way, plays into this idea of of that psychic connection mm-hmm. between twins, which I think is really interesting. Well, yeah. they, it, I found it very interesting that they both like to wear um, midriff bearing sweaters. Yeah, I, that's I, I, crazy. <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? I, if you can wear it, wear it. That looked so good. Like. It, when uh, Sarah was having her eyes of Laura Mars freak out mm. and she gets up and I was like, oh my God, those brown pants and that red sweater look so good on you. That is such a good look. And then when, they, when we see the, yeah. the lavender we shiny pants, know who I was the like, better, the better dresser is. In let's that. just, let's just call them what they are, which is spandex pants. <laughs> yeah. Those are, no, they are. Those are, those are classic disco era. 
I thought you were going to say 70s pants. I thought you were going to say, let's call them what they are best dressed and worst dressed. Because <laughs> I, I she looked think, fucking great. I thought that they, they both wore their, their outfits very well. I do too. I have a question uh, for the two of you, although because mm. there's the two of you, you might not be able to answer this, but when they, I guess they don't break into her t- dead twin sister's apartment. They just go into. They're allowed her, into her. They get in because Gordon, the super thinks that she is her sister. Oh, Fair yeah. enough. Right? Right, right, right. It works. And for once the hearts don't have to break into a, a place, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> then she tells them not to touch anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens twice. There's two moments in the episode where it's like, don't touch that. Don't, don't but touch that. the thing that I uh, want to know about is, do you guys have pictures of yourselves, like just the two of you <laughs> on like the <laughs> table uh, next Ooh. to the couch or something? Do you in have a, like in a, the bathroom? In the bathroom, we do have you? we we each have a drawing of ourselves from uh, an artist that we know, Josh Simmons. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> You've Drawing seen, is not is not post no. photograph. Yeah, no, so we didn't. No, you, and that I also was like, she just has a she lives alone, <laughs> and she has, she has a photo a of herself. Art Mart <laughs> painting of an ocean <laughs> Winslow Art Mart the sofa, and then the only other artwork in the apartment is a framed portrait of herself, which is very unusual to me. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys came over and that was all like, <laughs> it was just like bare walls. And then there's just this weird frame picture of myself and kind of like a, Hey, yeah. Headshot moment. I mean, I have a um, tapestry of myself in the office. Yeah, I guess. Me. <laughs> I mean, that's so different. But though. I'm in, I'm in my show costume, and it's it's artwork that was. Yeah. Made. Nothing you're de- nothing you're describing is what. Yeah, made no, it. it's uh, there's no it's, one. It's I a have, sin. It's a sin. Yeah, she had a framed eight by ten of her just laughing in a red blouse, and it was a cute photo. But yeah, really, it's a great like, photo. <laughs> so you're just she's just sitting in there. On the couch. I mean, she's probably not sitting in the dark the way Sarah was uh, waiting for the the vision or whatever, waiting for the gift. So you invite somebody over and you're like, oh, just have a seat on the couch. I'll join you in a minute. And it's, so it's you, your date, and that picture of you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was really unusual. And by unusual, I mean amazing. Well, it's unusual, but also I thought it was very strange that Jennifer was giving a portrait of herself to Jonathan for their anniversary, but you guys didn't th- seem to think that oh, was... Oh, I thought it was weird. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Did you think that was weird, Ellen? No, I don't think that's weird. Okay. Because but it's a, she... it's a painting. It's like you guys have drawings. Oh, it's, it's a about photo. It's about having the artist do it, right? And okay. so she was a patron of that artist. That, he yeah, right. offered that's, to do it. No, so that is true. That's inexcusable. That it's not difference. like just, just <laughs> being like, man, I look great in this photo. <laughs> My weird Florida grandmother does have, it's sort of a, a senior portrait style, soft focus. I'm, I'm, I think I'm remembering this right. She's in the, a nice blouse. She dressed up for it. This huge photo of herself, I think in her bedroom. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where it is. Is she, she a twin? No. That you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, but maybe. 
Is Maybe, she a psychic? Should I try strangling her <laughs> and see if I hear any Does glass she break have in another a room? psychic twin? <laughs> These are all very important questions. I mean, we really don't have enough information to, to make any sort of judgment without the answers to these questions. I don't think she's a twin, but she also will not go to a restaurant unless they have wet naps. I do know that about her. So <laughs> that if that's a psychic power, mm. she's turned us that away. Means from she likes is barbecue. She, is she yeah. able to tell... Before you get there, whether or not they have wet naps. No, that might be a gift. There were many embarrassing moments standing in the foyer of a restaurant and then having to leave after finding out they didn't have wet naps. It's prompting me to bring up another reference uh, from the episode, which is when uh, Sanford comes to the Hart's home where he thinks he is going to get his uh, second better psychic reading. Did you guys keen the fact that uh, she referred, they refer to um, their house to Sanford as the abode of the damned? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I did not pick up on was, that. <laughs> the abode of the damned. Does Max say that? I don't remember who no, says it. No, I think, it. I think Stephanie says it. Stephanie she, said, the abode of the damned. Yeah. The abode I didn't catch if, that. If I get a picture of myself and put it, uh, get rid of all the other art and just put that up. I am going to ask that you only refer to my house as the abode, the abode of the dam. That'll be it. will have clearly turned a corner for me. There'll be like a banner on, on your soft focus portrait that you get for Christmas, the abode of the dam. <laughs> welcome. We'll say, welcome. yeah, welcome. Welcome to the abode of the dam. It's going to be so cool when I text you guys later this week to tell you that I found out I have a twin. <laughs> that will be really cool. I would be so excited. It could happen. It could happen. Him or her. There was some, there was a goof. So that was the trivia was Max introduces the psychic Jennifer as her real maiden name, which is a very interesting, weird. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, Oh, I think she, it's cute. cute. She was probably like, she was like to use my real name. Stephanie is just like, this is Stefania. Federkovich, uh, I still, I'm, I'm going to learn her name the way she says it in the uh, commentary track. <laughs> but this goof, I found also there's a goof in the episode when they're driving to the twins' apartment. So the Sarah, right? Is that yes. her name? Mm-hmm. She psychically says, "Turn, take a turn. You know, turn right turn, or turn, turn left." Right. right. She's left she's corner. trancing the hell out in the back of the Bentley. Yes. <laughs> right. She's just like bye. And this is, it's kind of a long thing. Should I read it? And it, I was just confused where it was going for a minute. And then it's so, it's kind of funny where it goes. This is the goof of the episode. When they're driving the psychic to the apartment building in their roles convertible, both Jennifer and Jonathan spend an inordinate amount of time, several blocks past traffic lights and dangerous cross streets with their heads turned to the backseat passenger without so much as, pay, as any paying attention to the road. <laughs> um, is that so much a goof as it is every single movie uh, or? show with the car in it ever but it's yeah. funny because that usually drives me fucking crazy in movies and tv shows but i didn't notice it in this one i noticed it in this one but i also didn't care also like, our- I, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm immune while we were watching our dog was distressed because she had just been back from the vet we were preoccupied with boba's well-being yeah there's a lot of things that people say in this episode that strike me um as hilarious mm. what's his face Sanford? he uh is is confronting Teresi about 
like who's going to blackmail who or whatever, or like, oh, this or that. And he goes, I've been doing some private eyeing of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said that, I thought, I bet you have, Ascot. I bet you have. I because he that. is wearing the burgundy version of the blue thing, the blue outfit he wears to the tarot card reader in the beginning. So Samford, I have to give it up for Samford for having many, many um, jewel toned velvet blazers yeah, <laughs> and matching ascots. Yeah. Samford was a creep. Teresa was, he was a boring character because I don't remember him at all, but his tie, it was just <laughs> like hit by a truck, Joe. I remember that. I love that. Cause I'm like, Oh, the boring character's dead. <laughs> But his tie was just so insane. It's huge. <laughs> it's so fat. It's so colorful. It's so flamboyant. And his the rest of his suit is so boring. And it's just this character. I don't know why they would dress him like that. It but caught his, my eye so much. That's that's the funny thing is that he's a private eye and he is dressed like so look at me. Yeah, he is, totally. It's so ridiculous. It's a huge his, tie. His, his death outfit, like the mm. the gray plaid. <laughs> suit with the <laughs> red shirt and red tie that was tied horribly so that the back of the tie was like <laughs> down to his balls. I was just like, what the fuck? And this, and That's then a, a good brown length. hat, like what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like this is not. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's... I think the idea was of course that he's, he's the <laughs> da- down on his, his luck, uh, private eye or he's just like the scrappy guy. Yeah. Right. But then also like, I don't, I don't know. He's just like a cartoon, right? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it when he jumps out the window onto the fire escape and then he and Jonathan have what felt like a very fancy chase scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. they're just, their uh, leather soled shoes are just pitter patter, pitter patter all the way down <laughs> the fire escape. And then it's almost like a gentleman's agreement because mm-hmm. uh, Teresa's like booking down the fire escape and then Jonathan comes out and then they both pause dramatically mm. as if it's like, Oh, it's a chess check. And now we go. Um, then they have the, the most incredibly loud trash can fight <laughs> scene ever, yeah. which I also super love. Cause it's so dark. At least um, the monitor I was watching on it, it's just pitch dark. So all you hear is the hilariously loud um, ash cans just banging <laughs> together yeah. while they fight. It just feels like, yeah. you know, all the cartoon, like, open cans with the, uh, the lid off and uh-huh. like the fish, fish skeletons or <laughs> shoes are flying everywhere. It's, it's super great. Bones. Apple cores. You yeah. Know. I love, I, <laughs> I love the music for that scene too. It was dramatic I piano. It was really good. The music in this episode was great. Yeah. The, the, I thought the cinematography was also great. Oh. Uh, the, the DP was like doing some work this episode. So the, the shot where he gets hit by the truck is incredible. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the it's shot so right funny. after it, when it's the really three of scary. them are standing over his body and yes. they're lit by the, by the, by the truck lights. That looked like a West Side Story to me in the parking garage. Yeah, yeah. It was really mm-hmm. great. No, it was good. The, I, I thought the, and the alley, every shot of that alley yeah. was great. Like yeah. it just looked yeah, really good and the camera moved in a really it's just deliberate really, manner. It was nice. It was cinematic. It's really funny because he's not being chased at that moment. John, John, he, Jonathan already caught him and then he runs away and the the psychic well, Sarah the, the dead girl shows up. Yeah. So he's running from a ghost he thinks. Well, and no because she says he didn't kill her and so now he's now Teresi is like oh shit like 
Yeah. They know there was a murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be on He's the hook for this. He's just trying to get away, yeah. I just don't think that would be my reaction if I was about to get hit by a truck is to stop, turn towards the truck, and then <laughs> raise my hands like a starfish and then wait for death, I guess, is what his plan was. The one thing I will give to this episode's <laughs> truck death scene is uh, that they didn't give a lot of time between him running into the street and being hit by the car. Yeah. Cause usually it's, usually. usually it's really humorous, like mm-hmm. run Back out into the street, the- pause, yeah. raise the hands yeah. and then hit. No, it was like run out into the street. Boom. Yeah. He's dead. Like yeah. it was because they had used the, the bizarre dramatic pause already on the fire escape. Correct. Yep. Totally. <laughs> I, I love that scene. I mean, it's, it's shocking, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, stop, wait, like it's, it's good. Like I gotta <laughs> give it to the actress that played Maggie slash Sarah. She yeah. does a great job. Like that scene mm-hmm. where she's being choked by the oh. invisible hands. She is incredible. And then, yeah. So she's, she's got her hands perfectly as if she's being choked. It's great. Yeah, it looks great very job. real. And then in the next scene, her neck is all red and it's nobody even comments on it. But I was like, that's a great little detail. They, they roughed up her neck a little bit yeah. to make it look like she had been choked a little bit, which was great. Yeah. That was good. I, I, yeah, uh, I wish there was more psychic shit in this episode. I just yeah. wish, I wish they would have used, the, <laughs> they introduce a, the genuine thing in the beginning of the episode and then they use it kind of tertiarily. Like, yeah. it, like there was that moment where she yells, stop, don't run. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. dudes get, gets hit by the truck. And but that was finding, it. Finding the apartment. Mm-hmm. Finding she the talks, apartment. Finding yeah. the apartment. And she talks about, you know, when, when she finds out that she had a twin that she didn't know about, she touches on the fact that she had those, those visions where it was her, but she knew it wasn't her. You know, like I feel like they they sprinkled a little bit throughout, but I I think it's it means more and is more interesting that they just establish the fact that she is in the heart of heart to heart of her, she's a legitimate psychic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't even question that. It's not even a thing. Like it's kind of is like a weird offshoot of the sex worker thing where they're just like, you're a psychic. Very good then. Yeah. Let's move on <laughs> with the rest of this story where it's just like, like not, not a thing. And it's not, it's not a joke. It's not a trick. Like mm-hmm. she just is a psychic and that just stands. That's, yeah. that's who she is. But for me, what I love about this episode, I mean, there's many things that I love about this episode, but what I love is that it is basically just a reverse Scooby-Doo it is a reverse Scooby Doo. Yeah, and I love that. It's like, yes, yeah. it's reverse Scooby Doo. The old reverse Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. It kind of had uh, this episode more strongly than any other ep had an X Files vibe to me. Yes, because they're dealing with the occult and the paranormal. Um, also, do you know what else it reminded me of? Hmm. Sorceress. Oh God! Do you know why? Because of the twins? Yeah, there's a... <laughs> what Do you remember what year Sorceress is from? Uh, I think it's 1982. It's like mm. Sorceress. Have you seen it, Ellen? Have you heard of it? No. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's either Orion or Canon. It's, it's like a... It's horrible. It's a real... Very low trashy, budget. low budget fantasy um, movie. I wouldn't guess that from the name. Yeah. yeah. It's great. But there's <laughs> twins 
twin princesses or peasants they start as peasants and then they become princesses but it's the opposite of the choking scene one of them is having sex yeah and, and the then other the other one. one is just writhing around on the ground for a long time it's very uncomfortable and it's weird. not a pornographic <laughs> film it is <laughs> it is just trash it's but it's delightful <laughs> it's horrible but it's really funny but I need to stop saying delightful, by the way. It has become my like. It's like delightful. <laughs> mm. Nothing's ever going to replace like for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Everybody what I... listens to this knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think, don't comment because then they'll pick it up on it. I think what I, was, what I was trying to say, though, about the psychic thing and wishing that it was used more for the plot... Yeah. Is rewrite as a, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping into Joe's rewrite corner. Yeah, I wanted it to have more to do with the solving of the mystery, or 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 I know that they caught him by having Jennifer pretend to be a psychic, which mm-hmm. was the greatest, yeah, the greatest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change a, much of this episode, there's not much I would change. I would have liked for her to have a, a couple more visions, I would have liked for her to be able to portent some shit that happens or Mm -hmm. to like, you know, I I don't know. That's the fun of having a psychic in a mystery to me is they say something that you then find out to be true. And they didn't do that. Like we, there was the strangling scene in the beginning, which, Mm -hmm. so they're promising this, Mm -hmm. they're promising a psychic. And then there's finding the apartment. And like, that's the extent of her psychic shit yeah it's true Mm, i think i'm so grateful for the fact that they're just like she's a psychic moving on Mm -hmm. um like that her being a psychic is not thought to be the strangest twist in uh this thing that they're all experiencing so for me i kind of i kind of see it in a different category where if yeah if it was questioned i think i'd be more thirsty for it i mean eric i'm like you i always you know it's like, where's the spooky at? Where yeah. is it? You blew it. Should be spookier. Don't make it cute. Make it spooky. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I'm just I'm just so excited that they did two creepy episodes mm-hmm. of the show. I think it just goes back to to my childhood seeing the show. And I, I just, just don't think it was so excited enough. when anything was spooky. They did uh, immediately. I mean, she's proven right. She does the whole choking thing at the mm-hmm. chemical and then instantly they find the dead body that is, that looks just like her. That's her twin sister. So she's just instantly proven to be psychic and there's no question. And they're not even that shocked about it. Really. It doesn't seem there's not, I mean, it's a show. You got to keep it going. You yeah. have to keep the story unfolding, but they they aren't really that shocked that their whole world has just shifted into <laughs> like being psychics being real. You yeah, know? but that's that that to me they're but, to me they're taking it as like this is something that's always existed and we've just we've just found out about it. Yeah. You know, so our our world hasn't changed. We just know a little bit more about it. I guess well, which is a cool way to live. It's yeah. clear that they like that Dr. Selman and the psychic lab has been happening for a while and he even goes so far as to explain that other oil companies, companies are already doing it. Oil companies, like so, yeah. people can they can predict Psychic the future fracking. or, or find whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's that. Uh, he, ref, you know, Jennifer refers to when Sarah first, when they first hired her, and she was amazing. Her gift was amazing then, but now it's even more incredible. You know, like they they go in on the psychic thing. It's just that I think the pacing on this one, they're shoving a lot into it i think it just it just has to move along in a way that didn't leave room for more psychic phenomena but i i think that the that the choking thing perhaps you and i are desensitized by the eyes of laura mars but 
that's some heavy heavy shit for 10 p.m. on ABC. I love that. True. I loved that. I was so like when that happened, I I got so excited. I was so happy that this mm. was happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. And even the even the drive where she finds the apartment, I was like, this is so great. Like I'm so excited for her to lead them through this whole episode. But the, the, it takes a dip in the center. The, this yeah. episode is like a smile. It starts way up here yeah. and then takes a real big dip mm-hmm. and then ends way up here. But when we have to go into the private eye cosplay where, where Jonathan mm-hmm. doesn't even doesn't even make up a name. He just goes for fucking Marlo. Like just goes right for Raymond because Chandler. Because Sanford, uh, what's his face, has never heard of Raymond Chandler. Obviously not. And yeah, for someone who goes to a psychic seen, regularly, he has yeah. read he has read Raymond Chandler and he has seen the big sleep. There's yeah. no way that this guy is not a pop culture nerd. Like <laughs> my my I think my major rewrite would have been to lose the PI stuff from this episode and make that its own episode. The two things you're trying to sh- ham fist in together, you need to pare it down. You don't need PIs and psychics. Just focus on the psychics for this episode. Sixth Sense, focus on that. Do a different episode for the PI thing. I see. Well, to me, they're already it's already a PI show. Like they're already private investigators. They not they already they aren't, uh, they aren't hired private eyeing of their own. Yeah, they're exactly. not hired to be privatized. <laughs> they do it. They do it yeah. for their own extracurricular reasons. PI. But that's enough for me. Like yeah. I don't need the office and the the whiskey and the cigars or whatever. Like the, the matchstick. God, yeah. The element that I thought was missing. And I, I mentioned it because I'm curious to know if you think it would have made a difference. Probably not, but they there's only a couple moments when the music really it doesn't quite go like full theremin or anything. But, I know, but there there's, was one. there's only a couple moments. Yeah, if only one where it gets all woo, right? Mm-hmm. But do you feel like if they had focused more on doing like the eerie music when she's zoning out in the back of the car or when she's sitting in the dark, which I found spooky, like that she's just sitting in the dark with like the street light shining in on her blank face. You know, it's, I just thought maybe if there was a little bit more atmosphere happening, yeah, that, that, that might've made, made it creepier, but it just I, kind I of think moves so. along. I think so. I think you're 100% right because it's, they, they shot a lot of it to be atmospheric mm-hmm. and creepy, like there's a lot of backlighting. There's a lot of like a lot of interesting camera moves in this that we haven't seen in the show before. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the church that dude lives in the music could have definitely gone a little more woo woo. You know what it I would have, have done a little more like spooky, but there was one, sh- there was one cue that we looked at each other and we're like, ah, <laughs> where I can't remember what happened, but it was like a, like, there yeah, was a, like a Sanford. Good- is it when he looks <laughs> out the window? Something like I can't remember the moment. Yeah, but it was like it. It was a an echo on a on a thing that was perfect. But so I think that that would have would have made it creepier because it would have it would have punctuated those moments instead of the way that it just kind of like rolls rolls along. Um, yeah. But I think too, it's kind of in some ways not doing that makes sense because they've already established this uh, psychic pragmatism at the beginning, right? Where they're just like, hmm, that's. Sarah's job, she works in the psychic lab, the end. And so they just kind of treat it as, you know, regular job, more or less. Yeah. So it's kind of like, is that the tone of the episode? Just like 
psychics among us, just like psychics. They're just like you and me kind of a situation. But that's sort like that's is. like introducing an ogre in the first yeah. half of an episode and then it never smashes or lifts anything. Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 like a waste of a of a a character. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't I think do it's a waste. I, I like I, I like this episode an awful lot, but I I, I don't know. When you show me a psychic, it's like it's check off psychic. Like when you show me a psychic in the beginning, yeah, that psychic better portent the end of the episode. Like I, I need I psychics need some... better. You best portent. But portent. Psychics be portent. portent. Do not not do not not portent. I you I have another rewrite. <laughs> As another rewrite that. You're inspiring another rewrite in me. <laughs> Replace the private investigators with a cult. Have a cult <laughs> villain. He because there wasn't really a villain. This villain was like oh, there was a saltine there was cracker. A he was not. They were. He was not uh, illustrated enough. He was not brought to life enough. He was just a wafer of a person. Have the evil cult leader be manipulating this son of the rich man to kill his sister because they need this inheritance for their cult money. And then (laughs) that would have been, then the psychic shit could have fit in like locked into the cult shit in a really cool spooky way rather than this cosplay PI thing (laughs) that was like, didn't really fit in with the psychic stuff. What what were you going to add? I was going to add that I, so I think that, Sanford as a villain should have been far sweatier. I think he should have been. He yeah. was kind of sweaty though. He was, he yeah. was, but he was a little too cool for school. Like I, I wanted him to be like flop sweat. Like, yeah, I, I wanted a shaking sweaty villain. Who's like, mm-hmm. I'm about to be caught. And I like the idea of him being like, or, or his family possibly like they are, they are believers in the paranormal. I like that. And this, he is like, afraid that the this this psychic link is going to expose his his yeah. fraud or whatever like they're just a little bit more not necessarily motivation but like well yeah a little bit yeah. more motivation for him to be the villain that he was yeah but it is always money it's always money yeah and in real life it's also always money like all all great villains are yeah. just people out for money it was he was just undeveloped as a villain he was really undeveloped i mm. thought well i I appreciate that at the end they don't throw in the little ooh twist where you know where she walks out of the room and they're like but oh but Sarah you were just here and then they find out that it's actually Maggie's ghost <laughs> instead of a trick with mirrors. Yeah, um, which was really funny cuz I when I was watching that scene I was like how the fuck are they I love that making scene. this woman I appear. Do too. Oh, I love I that just scene. I love it so much the creepy green Je- Jennifer's scene. outfit her her yeah. little Madame Freder, uh, Frederikovitz, Frederikovitz outfit. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stephan- Stephanie. <laughs> I'm, I I apologize, Stefania. Uh, but I loved that scene. I loved her outfit. I loved her bracelets. Her like fucking multicolored plastic bracelets that she just <laughs> threw on. Yeah, so and then, cute. And that necklace, ugh, so good. And then saying, "What did necklace they? They told her to bring a bobble. Worth oh, the bobble." Uh, give me the bobble. Give me the bobble. And she, she snatches it and puts, throw, it, in her puts it in her cleavage. <laughs> this is so good. I love that. She holds it to her her head. 
But they and keep saying bobble. <laughs> they keep saying bobble over and over again. Yeah, yeah they, I, like, I don't know I like why. That. That's if you told funny. if you told me to bring a bobble, I would have no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> just I don't know what I would bring. I love that word, and I love the use of it with psychics. Like it, it makes sense for like an old world psychic to yeah. refer to to a, a piece of jewelry as a bobble. Yeah. After talking about this with you guys, I am warming up to Jonathan's cosplay. Uh, I don't know why, but I am. Uh, because I, well, because I think like, oh, he just really wanted to do this. Like mm -hmm. he was having a blast. He was having so much fun. And then mm -hmm. he got Jennifer into it by saying, oh, you get to be Madam Fredericovitz or whatever. And uh, how gotta fun. You got to figure that one out. Yeah. And then we get, we get fucking Max as Baltar or whatever. That was great. I love mm -hmm. that. That was cute. Heaven. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful thing. Like I, I love Max so much. And he was so great as a character, <laughs> like as a wacky spiritualist character. What a great, what a bobble, what a great bobble. What a little for bobble. Us. Worth a mm -hmm. grand. It was a very cozy episode overall. A there bobble, were a lot of, baby. A lot of pajamas. They were in leisure wear a lot. Yeah. I don't know why Jonathan has to keep his popped collar on his bathrobe. It's so bizarre to me. Was Fashion. that a, was that an I don't know why look? Jonathan's reading a book about the Queen of England. Oh yeah, that giant book. Uh, well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. But Jennifer, <laughs> what if that button up? That looked great. I loved that shirt that she was wearing. It was a night shirt, nightgown sort of, but it was like a business shirt. So in the of. baby oil scene? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where's the like, where <laughs> she's looking for like the loo? The bottom right-hand drawer, but then she's there's only one drawer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there were a lot of cozy looks in this episode um the the private eye stuff reminded me of dixon hill from next generation which you oh, guys yeah are you guys have you seen this uh, yeah I've, the, i watched two dixon hill episodes of oh, okay. star trek next generation those are the slowest i don't like those episodes those were the ones the i liked quite a bit yeah, the holodeck. Yeah, their holodeck where where Picard gets to be <laughs> he goes Dixon to like Hill, the private eye. Nineteen twenty, and it's just like I'm watching a sci-fi show about space. Why are you bringing me back to the nineteen twenties? I love that shit. I don't like it. Ugh. Yeah, that's again like this episode has a couple of my favorite things. You know, I love private eye stories. I love I love a hard-boiled detective. Big Raymond Chandler fan. I love a psychic more than anything. <laughs> So they were. It, it felt like they were trying to crack into that a little bit with this episode, but didn't quite for me crack into the vibe and feeling of of L.A. noir. No, because they were just going for like cheap characterizations as opposed to like storytelling. They did a better job with uh, Downhill to Death, which was yeah, mm -hmm. like a a pure noir story, right? And but not the just cliches yeah without without the without the like yeah this was the trappings of noir also, yeah hard, hard boiled detectives uh though they are they live in the noir universe that's not what noir is it's just mm -hmm. it's just yeah. an element right so right. the hard boiled I mean, detective just that's a, just like a fun game for jonathan to play yeah, yeah. like it's just kind of the comic it's the comic relief mm -hmm. for sure yeah. it's just a way yeah. to flex jonathan i think and and I kind of love that. Like I do like it when they are when the hearts are like flexing how they they're just allowed to have fun yeah, no matter what they're doing for them. Yeah, like, let's let's play. Like we're mm -hmm. playing. We have no we have no reason to be involved in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I guess this has something to do with with Jonathan's company. Kimmel no, but Cal, but it's, it's also not. <laughs> 
this ain't really fucking with their lives. But Jennifer is very ex- exasperated when Jonathan brings up the idea of of becoming the PI character that he becomes. She's she, she thinks moans. It, she thinks it's cute, but she's also like, uh, uh, you, you, hey, little boy, like, yeah, <laughs> this she's isn't a like, game, little boy. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Well, that just reminded me of later on when she dresses like the uh, psychic, she makes these moaning sounds that are <laughs> pornographic. I, it's uncomfy for me to <laughs> to witness Jennifer moaning in that way. I love Jennifer like a sister. <laughs> I think <laughs> seeing her do that was a, a little bit uncomfortable for me personally. How did you guys feel when that was happening? Oh I, yeah. It was just, it was par for the course for a, a psychic episode. Like Nina yeah. Van Palant did it. In Night yeah. Wars and okay. It's, it's, you have to moan when you're, when you're uh contact, when you're in the abode of the damned, do, there's something, there's something when about you've, you've pierced the veil. Jennifer to me Someone was piercing her veil. I, <laughs> I love Jennifer and when she gets and I've no, I've noted this several times on the podcast the raunchy shit that she says sometimes makes me a little bit uncomfortable and I don't know why fully cuz I see her I don't know I don't know what I see her as but her raunchy like this like show me your sprinkler system that kind of stuff or when they're in the airplane and she gives them airhead <laughs> what does she say something like i can't remember what the actual quote is from that episode but it's i don't know why it's uncomfortable for me i don't either because i think it's great yeah Uh, i think it's probably sexism (laughs) maybe it's my misogyny i don't know i think it's great i always love it when she's when she's a little highly sexual yeah i love it i I love because they both are and i i like it's it makes me uncomfortable when half of a couple is is overly expressive in that manner and the other half is like, mm. Yeah. Like, then I get uncomfortable. Which is the usual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uncomfortable and weird, uh-huh. I think it's time to pick, pick your, your poke. poke. <laughs> Am I first? You are first. Because I don't have one. You don't? No. Oh, I really bad. don't. And I'm going to go with Jonathan because I did find him so, he was so adorable in that pi outfit i really liked it <laughs> so i guess i'll go with him you liked him in his dixon hill get up yeah i kind of did and i and i just like how cute his he, thrift store suit. he's such a scamp and i really like that but I you don't, weren't getting mcgruff the crime dog vibes i was, that is what it was. yeah the crime dog <laughs> the crime which i was so hot for in kindergarten <laughs> he was no tony the tiger i'll tell you that mcgruff <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I'm kind of with Joe. This does not uh, tickle my fancy, so to speak. But if I, I was going to try and make a joke about it because there's twins. Right? <laughs> like but Twins. Twins. Yeah. And twins. <laughs> it's just, it's Sarah while she's being choked is your poke. <laughs> That's not what I said. Oh, yeah. um, that's what I heard, though. What? A, so you got none. You, you don't have to. You don't have to. You really don't. <laughs> yeah. No, that that is mine. It's like I, I don't really have one. But if I mean, the only thing I can think of would, would be twins. Mm. But they're not really twins. It's one actress. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
much like the guy who replaces the man who they killed in uh Freeway and Love. Right. Which which way freeway? Which way freeway? I'm very love. curious about who you're going to choose. Do you have one? Yeah. It was the guy that was uh, administering the ESP test. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. With the brown glasses, yep. not dissimilar to my own. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, remember him is, he, he, is it because of the way he smiles um, yeah it is with pride when she gets the first one that you see her do on he gets she gets it correct and he's you like, just nailed it <laughs> yeah he was super oh. cute he had nice lips and he looked fun uh wow. <laughs> and i like the giant glasses <laughs> <laughs> you feel like like in the next scene it's going to be that thing where he takes the glasses off and everyone's like good heavens miss sakamoto you're beautiful <laughs> I thought everybody looked so great in the last scene when they're pushing the older, the, the grandpa in the wheelchair. Um, Jonathan has a white turtleneck under a camel sort of colored blazer, which matches Jennifer's camel skirt and red blouse with pearls. And they just all looked so summery and fantastic in this scene. I thought the clothes in this episode were great. Although, except for Terese, who really... <laughs> That red shirt with red tie and the the gray plaid suit really bothered me. But I I can see that it uh, it struck a chord with you. There it was, did. There's uh, there's some. <laughs> you're a private clowny clowny clown clown vibes. Really. Yeah. You're a private really investigator. Yeah, what are you doing? Somewhat private. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> are Are you sure he wasn't just all a mode? <laughs> That's what I remember back in the back in the seventies and eighties, people used to refer to outfits like that as loud. Oh yeah, yeah, and that shit is loud. I I think that in the twenty uh, twenties, people will also refer to that outfit as loud. Do yeah. people still call call outfits loud? Do they they call like fabrics or anything loud? Loud, oh, I do. And stuff loud, yeah. yeah, really, yeah. Joe does. I do. Oh. I have just never noticed that. him doing I that. I haven't. I haven't. That's good to know, though. I'm glad that that has lasted the test of time because I always <laughs> thought that was such an interesting. It was like one of my when when I got into into uh, linguistics. I was like, oh, loud. It's, You're it's referring like, to a fabric as loud. That's so, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You know what's a good? Yeah, we could, we should start calling it deafening. I like that as like a read. <laughs> <laughs> Spill the tea, you're deafening. The show stopping outfit though was Sarah's sister. Did she have a name? Maggie. 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 In those shiny pants. The spandex pants. Purple Man. blouse pants. with shoulder pads, gold chains. She looked so good. I love that looked outfit. Great. Yeah. That shot is just so weird too. She's standing out in front of a diner or something with some plants and like some neon signage. I love that. I although I and in of front course, of Crowley's in front on of the Crowley's, west side. That is diner. That yeah. Uh, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious where Sarah worked uh, because when she left, like they were, of course, doing a misdirect with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah like, left. Oh, I have to go to work. Yeah, I have, I have my own I have car. My car. I have to go to work. And I have to go to work. And then they cut to uh, Maggie outside of a diner. Crowley's. Diner. Yeah, Crow- Crowley's. And she's in her shiny pants. I don't know. I um, thought that was interesting. Well, Sarah works at Chemical. But she had to go to work from Chemical. Is that where she worked? That's not really what she says, though. She just says, like, I have to go to work. So she, she could just a... be going to work at the psychic lab again. Or she works with other psychics that are known that is, yeah, that's to have true. psychic powers. Right. But, then just... it's, but it's clever because you think that then you think that she's Maggie. 
it's a whole X-Files type world that we're not let in on until now in the heart to heart universe. <laughs> it just seems like if you're, you know, if you're going to break the rules like this, this is the Halloween episode where you break the rules and let some magic come into the world and not explain huh. it later. See, I, I don't, maybe we have, we're, we're showing that we have different perspectives on where psychic phenomena is seated in, in our own um, yeah, maybe. view of the world. Because for me, I, I just accept that as, as a real thing. Oh, okay. Um, I do not, not, not in this. So I don't think of it as magic. I think of it as something that can be portrayed as frightening or that can be frightening Yeah, because we don't really understand it per se, like how, how it works. But I just, I believe it exists. I know it exists based on scientific proof. But the, in this way where she foretold the strangling of her twin sister that she didn't know about that undoubted proof, you can't doubt that once it's, you know, her sister was strangled to death. She was, at, she was acting like she's being strangled. That's irrefutable, tr like evidence that, uh, ESP exists. And if you're going to go that crazy in this episode, why are you going crazier in which way freeway and just having freeway <laughs> run around with a gun and shoot people? That's my question is if you're going to go, if you're going to go full on psychic in this episode, why wouldn't you go crazier in other episodes to match this level of this exists in the world, but we don't need again. To I'll say that it's, it sort of goes tonally along with, not that comparing, I'm comparing parapsychology with sex work, but there's very much a tonal thing where, where there's just clearly things that you're not necessarily supposed to, you know, like raise your eyebrows up to the stratosphere about. And I feel like for whatever reason, that was my impression with this episode. Like I value it because it's a spookier episode than Which Way Freeway. But <laughs> for sure, I, spookier. I, I kind of appreciate that it's not it's not meant to be that wacky. I mean, there's enough over the top wacky things that happen in every single episode. So for me, it's like if the show just went full bore, like hardcore camp or all in X-Files or whatever, it's, it's just not the same show. So I sort of love like the, hmm. just the blase yeah. aspect of I get, the psychic I get research to this where it's like, we just do this in our lab and they talk about it as if it is just mm -hmm. some other thing, you know, they, mm -hmm. you could replace the fact that she's doing like a classic ESP test. Um, you could, it could be, they could be looking in at Karen and David making their <laughs> weird, making fust. Making their the car, party car drug fust. Right? Like, like, well, when, when Karen first came to us, um, her skills as a chemist were incredible. Yes. Mm. And she's even more incredible now. You know, it's just very like, it's just part of Hard Industries, the psychic lab at Chemical. Right. I, I like that. About is that Chemical is where all the cool shit goes down. Yeah, Chemical is obviously the place to be. Here's something that um, popped into my head, Joe, when you brought up the X-Files, which is... Oh, I would love to see um, Robert Wagner and Stephanie Powers do an X-Files episode. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. That would be Not so fun. Not just because of the physical characteristics that they share, but because Heart to Heart does periodically uh, dabble in the spookiness. Mm -hmm. um, but I want the two of you to write it so it'll be spooky enough. 
It would definitely involve cults. I'll make sure that it's super spooky and Joe will make sure that it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fully. Yes. There we go. All set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ratings. The thing I'm thinking about while thinking about rating this episode is the lull in the middle. The lull the, the is The lull was hard. And I was uh, pretty bored for some of not the majority of the episode. I'm going to do, I wish I could do a 0.75, but I'm going to do 3.5 for this one too. Okay. But I, I think I enjoyed it more than the raid. Oh yeah. That's, there's really no question for me about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, I like the raid more than you guys like the raid. That's true. Yes. But I honestly was, I think the raid was more exciting to me because it was sort of a location. They were sort of traveling, even though they were just shot it somewhere in LA. <laughs> Wiggly cactuses. I just, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> the villains, the villains were classier. There was more, they were more developed villains. This villain also just did nothing for me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go 3.5 on this one too, I think. So even though there there's characters named Herbert in both the raid and Sixth Sense, <laughs> you're saying you're all in on on Herb uh, Cober. <laughs> yeah. That you can't go there with Sanford Whitley. Yeah. I, I feel I'm, you, Joe. I, I'm I equally. You. I'm I equally you. going there. I know we're at, we're at ratings, but I feel like I didn't, since I'm always making references to anyone who's over like 60 um, as Cadbury. My one <laughs> grand opportunity to refer to someone as Cadbury was... Uh, trumped by the fact that they already named the butler in this episode Alfred which oh. is an indisputable <laughs> butlery butler classic name yeah. so I couldn't make that joke and and for that I'm rating it a zero no um <laughs> wow <laughs> for, for me for me this is I love this episode I'm gonna give it a five because I love wow. it wow okay yeah I'm going five even the boring parts in the middle <laughs> To me, there aren't any boring parts. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I love this episode too. Uh, and I know that I've talked a ton of shit about the use of a psychic. <laughs> um, and when we started the episode, I had a very low opinion of the private eye cosplay, particularly the unimaginative yeah. cosplay just using the name Marlowe. Like every time I think of him going into that, going into the, the Whitley house the first time with the matchstick in his mouth. Yeah. That's just unforgivable to me. But talking about it tonight reminded me of like how much fun the character Jonathan Hart was having doing that and how Mm -hmm. it was just meant to be a fun, funny thing. And I appreciate how much, they have fun with their little mysteries and their, their over-involvement in people's <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, but I can't give it a five, uh, because I was also like this, the, the middle of it really dipped. Fuck. But that end is so good. The end, yeah. The end I'm going to give it a 4.5. Wow. I'm going to give it a 4.5 because okay. I, I did love this episode. I'm not going to skip it when I rewatch it. Um, I may actually like just go back to it at some point just to watch it 
Um, I also love the LA locations. I thought the yeah, a lot were, of the locations were great. I swear to God that the the apartment, the sister's apartment, was, is blocks from where we live. I it looks so familiar. I think it's near where we used to live. Maybe I think it's up in in. I um, think it might be. It's, it's on a hill. I think it might be right <laughs> next to that car wash. Like, oh, it might be. I think it might be right there. It might be. It looks so familiar. But I'm going to do 4.5. Uh, so I just also I'm still confused about what happened in the episode. <laughs> you know, usually after we podcast about the episode, I'm a little bit clearer. And this one, I'm. It felt sort of deliberately confusing in a way. Deliberately what part was confusing. Just still. The, the convolution of. Just you're you are given these characters. You're given this private eye. You're given this the brother who's seeing a tarot reader, and then also the grandpa character. And you're you're told that they all have something to do with the strangling, sort of, but you're not sure what until the very end. And I'm still I'm like thinking back to scenes where they're talking, and I'm confused about what's going on. And there's the the tarot reader at the beginning is like this this woman will get in your way. I guess it was Sarah, Sarah that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe the part that you guys think is boring is the part that establishes what the fuck is going on. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I fully, I could have just. We also had a dog trauma in the middle. <laughs> yeah, were, I, I, I think really, and it's election day. It's election yeah, day. There's a lot. There's a, lot, a lot going there's on. A lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit. That's it's true. Sarah, that's Sarah would have told us not to do this today. Yeah, our minds were wandering a For bit. For me, I feel like the the plot about the rich old man and the the daughter and the regret and all all of that, like that's pretty classic. You know that I don't like. I don't like it when it's when things are played for corny. What I can what I consider to be corny laughs. Um, I don't like characters like Gladys, like yucking it up with her weird voice and night horrors. Like I just and I don't like chil- the children thing or the cutesy pet things. Yeah, basically yeah. I don't like anything um, that people <laughs> that makes people laugh, like peeling silver bells. But um, <laughs> I, I just the thing that that the Marlowe thing is is big. I mean that's a that's a big piece of corn right there mm-hmm. and because it's a piece of corn that's also about something else that i love that is dark which is noir <laughs> chandler you know it's it's like oh god oh it's very challenging but the reason that i'm still giving it a five is because that scene where they do sarah's or maggie's ghost yeah thrills me so much it's fantastic that i i just don't even care about any of the corny Marlowe shit, even though he's totally sitting there at that table, like McGruff the crime dogging it. I <laughs> yeah. still don't care because it is something where it's like, okay, just because I don't have a sense of humor like that doesn't mean that it's necessarily horrible. It's just, there's just a little bit of a schism for me there in terms of how the the episode fits together. But yeah. I didn't have a hard time figuring out what was happening with the old man. Okay. I think that they just, it they just, do, they are putting a lot in there. So I think maybe they could have given lot. you, they could have given you like a little bit more to set it up. I mean, I totally yeah. get what you're saying, Joe. Like there could, cause they jump right in and, and it's yes. like, where, when is she coming? And you're kind of like, who, what, what, what? Who? Yeah. Wait, yeah. what, what's going on? Well, Sixth Sense is a bona fide heart attack. It's I'm heart very attack. happy to say, uh, Ellen, what are we doing next? March 18th, 1980. It's the original air date for Does She 
Or doesn't she? <laughs> the Hearts uncover a scheme designed to blackmail wealthy patrons of a beauty salon. <gasps> That's right. It's the shampoo episode. Oh, this sounds fun. Yeah. This sounds like a funny episode, right? I, I like this one. Okay. Follow us on Instagram. It was murder pod. That's also our Twitter handle. It's also our email address. It was murder pod at gmail.com. We are so happy that you guys are listening. We're so happy that you're enjoying this and we are also enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I'm happy that we have another year of this. Uh, I'm going to have another drink. And when I do that, I'm going to toast to my favorite little guy who showed up at the end of this episode. And I'm going to say good night, freeway. Oh, good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway.